Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. Now, you're seeing that there are three screens. There's myself, of course. There's Tommy, the WTF1 founder, and now two weeks old, aren't you, Tommy? Yeah. Uh, from being a fetus a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and the final guest I'm very happy to have on board it is, of course, Ollie Webb, racing driver sensation. And just before you go the, to the 24 Hour of Le Mans, thank you, Ollie, for joining us. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. This is uh, this is my usual prime setup before Le Mans. You just have a quick chat. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the interviews. I guess it, going into Le Mans quite soon is is it still kind of virtual? The stuff that's going on on the sort of the run up to it, it or how it doing? is? Yeah, super strange because normally we'd be there already by Saturday. So having to kind of go on a Tuesday, I feel like I'm late. I genuinely spent most of Saturday Sunday thinking I think I'm meant to be in Le Mans. <laughs> did you did you text a few people like is everyone else there or well the worst bit was is as i was thinking that one of my dms throughout the weekend was aren't you already meant to be at le mans so instantly i panicked <laughs> thinking this stranger must know the calendar better than me i best check <laughs> and i'm texting the team like are you sure we have nothing to do till thursday they're like yep nothing I'm like, okay. <laughs> so when do you fly out so i fly out tomorrow morning uh no drivers prayed no scrutineering none of that stuff so it's all virtual which is a real shame especially for those going to le mans for the first time but yeah, out tomorrow, lots of uh, lots of testing and qualifying and Super Pole, which is new before the race. Nice. So obviously, best of luck, Ollie, for that uh, coming up. But we're going to talk about the Tuscan Grand Prix, which, um, well, Mugello had a debut, didn't it? It, it? it brought us some Formula One action. And I don't know, it was a very odd one. One of the strangest races I think I've seen in a very long time. There's some three-word race reviews. We've got McCallum 13 with Saturday, Sunday, what? Uh, Gabri underscore Tiglio, what a race. Ertel underscore, I mean, Tommy, what is this? Ertel, Ertel <laughs> underscore Demolition, Demolition Derby Edition and Dawid underscore 25 underscore F1 Multiplayer Lobby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what What did we watch? What, what was Sunday? <laughs> Madness. Basically. Just crazy. Uh, I, I mean, I love the fact that You've got a new track and people weren't maybe expecting much of it, but I guess that's what happens when you throw a curveball in. Because I think a lot of drivers, we knew the drivers were going to love it. Have you ever driven there, Ollie, before? I've driven there once before and it is, it's a weird one because the track is amazing, but it's have, it is the definition of a qualifying track. Like that is the track you want to pick when you pick your favorite car and you go out and you want some amazing high-speed corners. But to race there... I was I was a bit dubious about what was going to happen, but that was probably the best outcome in terms of making it as exciting as it possibly could be. I suppose. Uh, what did you uh, What did you race around there, Ollie? Um, so I raced around there in a Formula. Well, I tested there in a Formula Three. I actually never ended up racing there, um, but it's the kind of track which is great when you're by yourself and is normally quite processional, especially back when. God, I feel like I'm old now. Back in the day <laughs> when there was no DRS. <laughs> yeah, so before World Series, when I was in Formula 3, there was no DRS, so it was even more a procession. Yeah, it was just a, such a strange... I, 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 well, I'll go to my three-word race review in a bit, but it was just I just couldn't really believe what was going on. It felt like we had three races. It felt like Bottas was in front, and then all of a sudden it, it wasn't. We had a championship fight. I thought Hamilton was going to retire when his brakes were practically on fire on the race. There were so many things going on, but let's start... With, well, I mean, I've pretty much teed it up pretty nicely what your three-word race review, Ollie, is. So let's share it with the audience. Oh, do you know what? You're going to have to remind me what it is. Because I, <laughs> I, I came up with three different versions when I was speaking to you earlier It starts with on, reds. Thinking, starts with reds. Yeah. 
cause yeah, more, more and more reds, but yeah, reds cause reds, <laughs> don't they? It's the reds weirdest. Cause carnage, yeah. Reds cause carnage and reds cause reds because we we go from talking about all the reds that happened at Monza and these rules that come out that wait, I didn't realize it was a standing start and is it normally because when it's wet we don't see that and then all of a sudden it's like oh well here's some more reds have that. <laughs> The fact is we hadn't had a red in three years and then we had two in quick succession and one last week as well. Uh, there's, there's a question from Angelo Rivas 3 says, should Valtteri be blamed for what happened in the race restart from the safety car? How do you guys think the regulation should be about race restarts? Now, my opinion on that was that Valtteri did nothing wrong. He very much kept to, to, the, to the book in terms of maintaining a speed. He was weaving, trying to keep tires his tires in, in a good temperature window, but... He didn't do anything wrong. It was more further back where we, we saw a few different points of view, like afterwards in the replays. And and obviously not one person got blamed, but it seemed like it was just a, a perfect storm of lots of people thinking that we'd gone green when we hadn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like you said, Bottas did nothing wrong. And I'm of the same opinion. Um, he's doing the best he possibly can in that strategy and scenario within the rules which is you know wait until the absolute last minute to be able to pull away to get out of that drs and out of that slipstream um but that being said the rules i don't think should be in a position where you're allowed to weave that much and allowed to be going that slow for that long because that then becomes inevitable at the back of the pack and in other championships not not saying it's it's right or wrong but weaving from second half of the way through the lap then becomes banned for the last you know kilometer or so coming up to the land uh, coming up to the line and also on your data once you start accelerating you're not allowed to let off a single percent as you increase each percent and that creates a steady flow and it still means you can wait till the last minute as long as you come out the last corner at 50k and just stick <laughs> to 50k to the line but the weaving and the you say he maintained speed it seemed like he slowed down a little bit down that mm. straight and that concertinaed up, didn't it? And we saw some amazing reactions from Grosjean, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, it's the nature of the truck, I think. Um, I, was, I was reading a little bit more into it, and the safety car line is obviously, because it's such a huge straight and we've never raced there before, I think a lot of drivers were caught out the fact that you're coming around that final corner normally, the start lines tend to be quite early in Formula 1 on a lot of Formula 1 tracks. And instead, Bottas, like you say, of course he was going to do that because he didn't want to get a massive slipstream. Uh, he'd just be presenting him to be overtaken by everyone down the straight. So it's a, it's a really odd one. But one thing that came out of this, which was uh, very surprising, I thought, was that the two Mercedes drivers actually blamed the FIA and said that they were putting the drivers in danger and basically claiming that they were trying the, the reason that they safe they're, they're saying that the safety car light goes out too late and Hamilton and Bottas both said they're doing it for the show and essentially putting the drivers at risk which is a very bold thing for them to come out and say and unsurprisingly Michael Massey the uh FAA uh race director shut him down and said absolutely not uh we would never sacrifice safety and also a slight little dig saying well the f3 drivers managed to do it no problem <laughs> <laughs> and also i think on the side of that is a lot of the time when the safety car lights go out 30 seconds before that or even sometimes when they're getting towards turn one on the rcns and all the controls that they get towards the engineers they've been informed by the fia safety car in this lap and we sometimes even see it on the tv 
well before the lights have gone out. So it'll say safe to carry on this lap. Mercedes can start using DAS. They can start warming up. This shouldn't be waiting till the lights go out anyway. And there's plenty of time to get that temperature in. So I think that's a little bit of a... a of a cop out to be honest and when Lewis came over the radio and blamed the safety car for turning the lights off too late yeah I don't think that's 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 the right thing to say you can see why the cars at the back accelerated there can't you because there were green green lights flashing totally uh and you watch some of the onboards and oh my days some of them were horrendous weren't they yeah it was a full-on IndyCar restart wasn't it <laughs> yeah it was frightening when you you see, you see that Bottas went you thought ah we're back underway we're gonna get a green racing lap and then just absolute carnage as you mentioned Ollie you know the Grosjean uh, comments I find it very funny that Roman Grosjean the uh, the man of the dangerous maneuvers uh, is the one to be like oh he's trying to kill us you know, who, what are they doing at the front when he's He's doing Max Verstappen-esque defensive manoeuvres week in, week out with his little jolts right at the end. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah. Sorry, mate. <laughs> I mean, fair play to his reactions, though. He stopped on a sixpence. He was the only yeah. one that got through yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how. how I don't on know earth? how. How on earth? Because he got, he got um, through... Did he get through both accidents? I feel like he yeah. was involved in the first one as well. Obviously, it wasn't his fault. But his car, I don't understand how that car was even working by the end of it, never mind the fact that he managed to go through to the end. Unbelievable that he was, he was still yeah, going. His side end. pod was um, was pretty uh, mm. damaged, wasn't it? But Was it by Sainz? I can't remember who it yeah. was. No, was it Sainz? I think I Sainz was the Sainz. one that... F- uh, I think Sainz and Giovinazzi were the two onboards that I watched that were really quite scary, to be honest. It, it's when another car darts behind... Um, they're going and then another car kind of pulls out the side and then the other one doesn't see that there's another car yeah. stopped in front and plows into the back like, i mean you can never kind of say it enough how amazing it is that drivers can just walk out of stuff like that because it was yeah. pretty nasty the speed yeah. at which k-mag's car was revealed to Antonio <laughs> giovanazzi was yeah. just like a curtain being lifted and he was there and he's still and we all do it as drivers. He's still opposite locking with no wheels connected to the ground all the way down the straight because before he knows it, he's in the air and he's not even realised what's happened. He's still opposite lock all the way down the straight. I'm like, you've got no wheels, mate. <laughs> oh, God, that must have absolutely... I mean, I'm, I'm, I imagine they probably need a change of underwear, a couple of those guys, because that was that was frightening. That's something that I'd be scared of even in a game. Um, there's some more, some more questions. Noah G31, should the drivers be allowed to race overtake before the start-finish line to avoid crashes like this one? I think Mugello is a very unique prospect in the fact that it's such a fast last corner where everyone can get a decent run out of there then you've got a really long straight i don't think there's many others where well we haven't seen this kind of problem really before to this extent have we no i think what was it was it spa where the safety car line either used to be or still is halfway between the bus stops so the old Mm. schumacher overtakes was around the outside (laughs) into the last corner and then you'd you'd almost or maybe it was Raikkonen, you'd almost get a place before the race had even started and he did it at monaco didn't he was it was it against that was that's great and that's just clever thinking yeah. Oh, I did, the fact didn't it? Got penalized yeah, it. Was, oh my god, that killed me. I'm a Shumi fanboy, as everyone knows. And I was like, oh my god, he's got him. That's do unbelievable. Know, do you know yeah. who the uh, driver steward was that day, Matt? Rubens Barrichello? Damon Hill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damon Hill, of course it was. He's just like, slap penalty. Get out of my sight. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird one, wasn't it? Like we say about the the track. It's similar, I guess similar to Baku, but we're almost lucky that 
not lucky, but the fact that there was a second red flag, we didn't get, as far as I remember, we didn't get another safety car rolling restart, did we? Uh, it was a red flag, so they did another sanding start. Mm. And you have to wonder if it would have happened exactly the same again, if they would have would have had it as a rolling start, because <laughs> I imagine Hamilton leading, he'd have done exactly the same thing, that he'd have just cruised down the straight as slow as he possibly could to make sure Bottas doesn't get him in the slipstream mm. and it could have been messy again so they kind of dodged well, I don't know I think they'd have been petrified after last time that they'd probably would have given each other a pretty decent amount of space uh, after what had happened but yeah it, it just it goes to show that they clearly didn't watch the support races because you know as Michael Massey said all the other support races did absolutely fine uh, after after safety cars but mm. um another question uh, at SXLVCE, don't know what that even means. Who was to blame for the first lap incident in the second corner? We kind of just go chopping left, right and centre. We talk about this, we talk about that, because there's so many different random events that happened uh, at the Tuscan Grand Prix. Um, is it... Uh, I don't yeah. know. It's difficult to really say, isn't it? I mean, Sainz had an absolutely epic start. Like, he was flying through, uh, round the, I think it was round the outside of Turn 1, wasn't he? Um, and, yeah. and then obviously spun, Vettel knocked his front wing off, hit into Giovinazzi and then Verstappen got punted. I mean, Verstappen as well, that's the thing we haven't really even spoken about as well. He got an amazing start and could have easily been P2 and potentially challenged Hamilton for the win. Uh, it seemed like the Red Bull was actually pretty hooked up. But back to the point, who was to blame for the first lap incident? Well, I think, was it was it all one incident or was it one? It was two slightly different incidents? incidents yeah. right one slightly further ahead and then the pinching with Gasly in the middle with was it Raikkonen and uh who was on the oh. other side and they were both trying to one's trying to open the corner up Gasly's trying to push him wide because he's like hey mate I've also got Raikkonen on my left hand side and then yeah. Raikkonen's thinking I'm going right down the inside <laughs> here I'm never going to be able to get in and it was a little I know this is a, such a cop-out answer but it was a bit of a racing incident there because yeah. it was three no. into two doesn't go not really one because you can fit two side by side as we saw in the GP2 race it was pretty much still two by two by by corner <laughs> five or something ridiculous um so that was a bit I didn't see enough angles of the science situation but certainly from those three when they all shunted and then of course then went into the back of Verstappen total racing incident I think yes yeah speaking Good. of speaking of not watching the F3 and F2 races earlier about the safety car incident you could probably say the same for that one because in the F2 and F3 that's every yeah. every single incident where three cars tried to go into that chicane three wide there was a massive accident and yeah. and there and that's in a Formula Three and a Formula Two car that are much narrower than a Formula One car. So it's always going to be that way. And I think it probably didn't help them that Max Verstappen had a problem and was going slowly. So they had to all try and avoid him as well. Mm. And that kind of concertinaed everyone up. And it was just the nature of Turn One, and it was a bit of a recipe for disaster. I agree. The only. The only onboard that I saw where I think um, anyone could have done anything was maybe Gasly just backing out of it a little bit in the middle. But at the end of the day, he's going into the corner and like you say, two cars are just either side and it's, it's, yeah. it was inevitable. But I mean, I agree. The, I know what you yeah. mean. Sometimes it's hard with the wider, of the with the back of the car being wide in the front. Sometimes if you keep your foot in, 
you can almost touch side by side and get away with it. And if you back off, your front wheels trap both of their rear wheels because they're wider and you end up making it worse. It is a, <laughs> it's almost a tough one in that sense. But it, it, it is interesting, like you said, them not watching the F3. and Well, we don't know if they did, but it, they definitely didn't drive like they did watch <laughs> yeah. the F3 and F2 race. Yeah. But back in the day, they used to sit on the pit walls, all the F1 guys, and watch the F3000 and GP2 races. And that was... That's what kind of gave them the the infrastructure. And here, it's a circuit that most of them have, haven't raced at in a Formula One car, if not all of them. Then, you know, they need that experience and that knowledge. Mm. You, you should be watching the Formula Two race because you're like, oh, race experience. I've been side by side through a Rouge. I know that works. No one's going to try that for the first time blind without watching someone else go, he can do it. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense because, you know, in, in F3, the, the championship protagonist uh, Logan Sargent was out in that exact corner so you would imagine that every bit of information you could possibly take from a track you haven't been around before until this weekend is something that that those guys would have, would have done but, but clearly not but it's fine we got a good race from it so who cares yeah uh, well, good race I don't I still don't think it's a good race I know it's I'm, weird I'm, isn't it no it's not it was the yeah anyway but let's go on to one more question about red flags then we move on to my three word race review boy Canyo Madisha could the regs for red flags be stricter? Because being able to change so much and having a completely new race after that seems quite gimmicky and disorganised for such a structured sport, especially where a single point can be a difference of millions of, of dollars in championship prize money. Um, I mean, I don't think that they just flew a red flag because they wanted it for the banter. You know, they're not just like, <laughs> oh, let's have another, let's have another race. Clear, there was literally five cars exploded in the on the front straight so they couldn't really have carried on apart from going through the pit lane and i guess the amount of time it took to clear that up that would have been five or six racing laps so then then we would have been complaining that we we didn't have as as long of a race i don't know the the reason behind the stroll one apart from the fact that maybe the barrier was was damaged tommy do you have any more input on that i reckon you're like my little correspondent on this sort of thing you've done you've done your research i think yeah i can only assume that the Oh, you're Barrier. Assuming. You don't. You don't have no, uh, no, no. <laughs> concrete I mean, the, information. You had something similar in F2 where they went virtual, didn't they, and then did a, a full safety car because they're like, oh, we need to r- repair the barrier. But yeah, the, I personally saw this comment, and it seems to me like maybe it's someone that's a little bit miffed as a George Russell fan that has seen the fact that Kimi Raikkonen and Grosjean, I believe it was, that got a lap back, and everyone gets to restart from fresh at the end, and obviously George ultimately lost those points. Um, I don't believe it's a gimmick, though, because the one thing that spring to mind is if you really want it to be fair, in, in inverted commas, um, you'd have to go back to the early 90s, which if anyone watched F1 then and is as old as me. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> they, they did. Um, when you red flagged the race, they actually did aggregate time. Um, so there's a famous incident where 94 Japan, where... They red flagged the race. Michael Schumacher's five seconds ahead of Damon Hill, as an example. And then the next part of the race, to make it fair, is Damon Hill has to win by five seconds to beat it. And for me, that yes, that would be fair, but that would just be so confusing because we'd have Albon passing Ricardo for P3 and then we'd be wondering what the difference was in the first race and then the second race and trying to calculate it all together. It would just be... A complete farce. So for me, 
the best way to do a red flag is to completely reset it. Hopefully no they change it. to those rules for when Matty next commentates on any kind <laughs> of racing. And then it, his job is to calculate that. He's going to sit with my calculator just saying everything <laughs> wrong. Yeah, three seconds, he's done it. Doesn't do it. Well, that'd be awful, wouldn't it? I, I can't believe that was ever a rule. I mean, for endurance racing, going through the pits, I get it because you've got 24 hours of bleeding racing to go through so it doesn't matter if you lose 10 laps and they can keep the race going and keep the gaps consistent and bring the safety car through the pit lane but i understand that red flagging it in that instant is the only option it just seems strange that the last two races have been so weird with red flags and rules coming out that you know even the best f1 fan kind of forgot even existed that were like what we're doing a grid start and you don't need to pit again and then you know the last few races have made us forget the last year of racing it's so weird (laughs) yeah so true uh my my three-word race review is crazy but dull uh and the question is tick to tupper says was this a bit like monza just the other way around crazy at the beginning then a red flag and it was then a bit boring towards the end most of it was rather dull like it wasn't that good take out the crashes we had a few very easy DRS overtakes into turn one. Maybe Alex Albans was pretty good uh, on Ricardo because he was side by side towards um, going into the apex. But apart from that, DRS was a bit too powerful, I felt. And like there was not a chance in hell that Bottas was going to beat Hamilton. Like, <laughs> it's just, no. you, you just, you just watch it and you go, oh, he's one and a half seconds behind. He's nearly in DRS. He's never going to get in DRS, is he? He's never <laughs> going to get in DRS. But then all of a sudden, he was six seconds behind. Out of nowhere, and I didn't even see that gap. I was like, he's one and a half, he's one and a half, he's one and a half, he's two. And then all of a sudden, when they were doing the pit stop, it's six all of a sudden. I was like, yeah. oh, I thought it was in the window. I didn't get that. I found I think- that so weird because we, <laughs> we, we, I think that the lap before it was Bottas coming over the um, the radio, all sassy, like, give me, give me the different tyre. To, to Hamilton, I'm trying to plug my headset in, I'll do it in a sec. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, give me the opposite to Hamilton. I want to take it to him. We're all thinking, hello. <laughs> all right, you can have that three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's seven seconds behind because his tyre's deflated. I can only imagine that's Mercedes <laughs> pressing a button going, no, you're number two driver, mate. Calm yourself down. <laughs> oh, even at the end, <laughs> even at the end, there was a little bit uh, right at the very end where it looked like Albon might even get him at the end. Oh, that because was he caught, yeah. he caught up. Lap. But... Um, yeah, I'm personally, I completely disagree with you, Matt. That that wasn't dull for me. I don't. The only, oh, mate. the only thing. I personally, I thought the race had more action than Monza. I get why people are disappointed because essentially, in a crazy race, you normally hope for a crazy result, and we didn't mm. get it. But if <laughs> this this is another classic thing, and it's happening in MotoGP without Mark Marquez, where the title's really close. If Mercedes weren't in that race you'd have essentially had Leclerc leading, then he was being passed by Stroll, then Ricardo takes the lead, then Stroll goes off, then Albon passes Ricardo for the win, and we'd all be like yeah. lauding it as the greatest race ever. So yeah, it's just true. unfortunate that Mercedes are just so <laughs> OP this year. It's my problem, My problem was just that the track, literally this one overtaking spot, really. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't gel with the track either. And, and I found... The most, although I understand that that point, it would have been without the Mercedes, the most exciting race, and it, and it would have been for me. The only bit that actually even got my heart racing was actually watching George Russell's on board for those two laps when the camera yeah. stayed on board, <laughs> and his tire, his outside sidewall was just in covered in gravel every other corner because he was like <laughs> going to the limit to chase Vettel, and then obviously went off and couldn't do it. But those two laps were like, oh my god, you know, F one 
looks so slow on board these days because of the way they position the cameras, which I still rant about online all the time. So bad. But that actually looked quick. That actually looked super quick. He was on the edge. Right, Tommy, you've kind of teed it up already, um, but you may as well just tee it up again because you, for some reason, love this track. So go on. Yeah, I know. You guys just, just start arguing about it. So my theory of race review is Mugello is brilliant. And I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting a lot from the race. It. No, 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 not <laughs> at on. all. Uh, I was. said it, come on. No, no, I was super impressed. I wasn't expecting a lot from this race either. I'm one of those people that I'm... There's only so many times I can watch qualifying laps uh, where we see the incredible speed of the Formula One cars and then literally no overtaking in a race. So I'm like, it's not really worth it for them to be that quick. I'd rather have, it, have racing. But for me, the... F2 races and F3 races were absolutely brilliant. And F1 is probably about as good as you're going to get on that track with the amount of passing and action we got. And I think if we went back there in 2022 and we had the better cars and hopefully a lot closer pecking order, I think it would be a really, really exciting track. And for me, it kind of exposes the tilt drones like Sochi where they're purpose-built for modern Formula 1 cars and you see less overtaking anyway. So personally, I I liked it a lot. I should have known because really there was only one overtaking opportunity, which is Turn 1. The rest is single file. It's Monaco. You you love Monaco. (laughs) I I see that argument a lot though about like, oh, there's only one overtaking opportunity, but like Monza's kind of the same, right? And no one... Wants that off the calendar. Ah, come on, parabolic is a cheeky little attempt as well. If you <laughs> uh, that's pretty bold in a <laughs> right. Um, question: Brian underscore sign says, should we consider going back to this track full time? Don't mind it. Take it or leave it. If, it, if they fancy coming back, sure. Now swap it for Spa backwards. Okay, agreed. Wow. And like <laughs> that that would. My goodness me, going down yeah. the Radion. And. <laughs> 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 um, I think it would be good. I don't know, I've just said how brilliant it is, but I would not be against them having almost like a wild card entry. I think the, the the fact that that race was a little bit mad and crazy makes me look forward to Imola, Nürburgring and Portimao a lot. And you could mm. argue that Portimao and Nürburgring, there's going to be a lot more, especially Portimao, probably a lot more overtaking opportunities. It's nice to have a bit of variety on the calendar. And I think with kind of it's so difficult with contracts isn't it that we're probably never gonna we'll we'll never see another championship like this again but it would be nice that one year they maybe replace Barcelona with Portimao or replace a certain track with another certain track and it mixes up a little bit and I enjoyed that excitement of having a new venue not necessarily have it every single year but kind of throw a bit of a curveball in as well because the teams always have so much data on these tracks that sometimes they can be a bit normal and the Mm. fact that no one knew what was going to happen on that safety car restart and they all plowed into each other it's it's something different isn't it so yeah Magella is brilliant also Tommy not every year (laughs) well (laughs) it's brilliant it's a brilliant track and I think it's awesome but yeah I just want I just want new tracks like it's not going to happen is it let's be honest like they're not ever going to go back they won't have the money for it they're never going to replace Monza because it's the the home of F1 yeah. in Italy. So Defosi. I've realised actually that my joke before though about Spa backwards, you know that has actually happened once, not in a race, 
But back when in the World Series package, when Lotus Formula One car or Renault Formula One car used to do their demo laps, Bruno Senna asked because they didn't because the noise limit, they couldn't go all the way around the track. He asked if he could just go up and down a Rouge and La Source instead. So he duct taped his iPhone to his hand and drove a Formula One car one handed up and down a Rouge and did the whole track backwards on the way oh back into the pit. But that footage is somewhere, but I don't think Renault let him take it off his phone, but he does not have it. <laughs> not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds, um, well, that sounds epic. Uh, I hope there it is was awesome. footage somewhere. Uh, right, let's, let's talk about Hamilton versus Bottas a little bit. Uh, Bainer underscore YT says, do you think Mercedes were right to put Hamilton and Bottas both on the same tyres and go against Bottas's request? Now, how I understand this is that Bottas was obviously saying that, thinking that Hamilton was going to pit first because that is the, the team thing that they have obviously if there's a fight and they're quite close first place always gets priority but the problem was Bottas fell away we mentioned the vibrations in his tyres for some reason he lost so much time um, you know he was nearly seven seconds behind Hamilton which was which was crazy um, so that's the reason in my head as to why Mercedes put him on the hards because there was no way he was going to get to the end on softs uh, looking at the data and how long they lasted on the mediums well with the with the stoppages obviously but it looked like the softs wouldn't have gone that far so but I mean, they, did, they didn't go against his request, did they? They he requested something. He then pitted first. Yeah, you can't go yeah. against. You can't do the opposite of something you don't know that's happened yet. He yeah. went onto a certain <laughs> yeah. set of tires, and then Hamilton said, "Well, what tires is Bottas on?" And they said, "Oh, he's on these tires." And they can't go. Ah, oh, sorry, mate. We did pinky promise just... him last lap. <laughs> we can't go back on it. That was it. We've only got yeah. inters for you, mate. Sorry. Yeah. That's all. yeah, I don't understand how people on Twitter came to the conclusion that. Hamilton, uh, them pitting Hamilton second for the same tyres is somehow screwing Bottas and showing that he's a number two driver. It's like pit first, uh, like, of course that's going to happen. Like, if Bottas pits second, then he can make this tie gamble mm. that he wanted to do. But the fact was something happened and he dropped off a load of time. So We are just terribly yeah. British and don't like anyone other than the underdog doing well. <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> yeah yeah it was it yeah as i mentioned before it it was we just knew as soon as well bottas obviously got in the lead from the in the first phase and we thought hello a race and i think the bottas would have probably done the hamilton and and sort of managed the race because it, it seemed like he was at least on on pace with with hamilton throughout the entire weekend you know free i love how the stats was free practice one free practice two free practice three he was top <laughs> q1 q2 he was top Hamilton Q3 top and then in the race Hamilton was on top so literally the only two sessions that mattered Ham um, Bottas couldn't couldn't perform it's mad, isn't which it? was it's such a shame um and you know I tweeted that I want Nico Rosberg back and I still very much <laughs> I, I would like to go back three years and just say to myself look this is better than what you're gonna get yeah and it was forward. at the time we were all you guys probably touched on this so many times but it's just at the time we were like, oh, he just, he's just not quick enough compared to Lewis. Yeah. Now we want that back, don't we? I mean, that is super impressive what he did. Yeah, the Rosberg had like eight wins, didn't he, or something on this championship year. And I mean, if Bottas had eight wins, the apocalypse has actually happened. <laughs> like, there's, there's not a chance, Valtteri, unless we do Russia eight times. And that's not going to happen. Hopefully, yeah. maybe I, Russia. I think there's that stat, wasn't there, that Bottas has got the same number of wins in his entire Mercedes career than... Rosberg had in 2016 so oh no way crazy no. rip let's not talk about Bottas anymore I will get into serious bashing let's talk about <laughs> Alban Podium some positivity hey! this man hey, my goodness me I'm so happy for him it, there was a, a point in the race where we were all debating whether we wanted Ricardo 
or Albon on the podium. We didn't really know which one we wanted, although deep down, I think Albon, just purely because he'd never been on the podium, Ricardo's a race winner. He'll get over it. But he didn't make it easy for himself, did he? He was. Um, he loves to make it very difficult because he was a very good position in that last... Was it the last restart or the one... Before? I'm literally... I lose track. But where he went from... Was it third or fourth to seventh? Yeah, I second. Exactly. I think that might have been the second restart where he dropped yeah. below everyone. And I think I messaged you, Matt, and said... Oh my god, Alban this is Alban's, Yeah, this is his chance for a podium. I cannot believe he's bottled it. And fair play, he got back through got back through the pack, made a great move on Ricardo, and yeah, finally, finally, finally. Did it the hard way. And that and that move on Ricardo, I think, like you alluded to earlier, Matty, that was probably the best turn one overtake. Cause they were cause he cause even when he pulled out, I thought, nah, he's not he's not it's not alongside enough, you know, not, it should be done at least 500 meters before that. <laughs> Whereas actually, you know, he was only half a car width to a car width side by side when he turned in and he kept it pinned all the way out to the grass and Ricardo, you know, they were proper wheel to wheel. I did like that move. Yeah, yeah really, was, really good. especially on Ricardo as well. It's, uh, it's yeah. not, he's not an easy man to overtake, is he, Tommy? Especially when he's going to, well, he's going to be doing everything to get that podium because Rene still haven't got one and that was everyone tweeting about you know Cyril Abitbull's tattoo he's going to get a tattoo and all this oh yeah and then just robbed at the end I think uh I saw something like Ricardo's finished fourth uh three or four times I think now in the last six Oof. races which it must hurt for them but also Renault I think will take that as well I oh yeah it's a great constructive season, points, be... yeah yeah, they'll be happy. So uh, let's let's ask, us, ask a question about uh, Albon. Isabella DZM, do you think that Alex's podium gives Red Bull a more clear vision of who they're going to sign for next season? No, I don't think so at all. Genuinely, I I would, as I, as I alluded to um, at the start of the weekend and after qualifying, Mugello was more a, a, a case that Red Bull have a decent car and they were pretty close to Mercedes over one lap pace, rather than Alex Albon stepping it up and and closing that gap to Max. I think it was just over four tenths in qualifying, um, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but at the same time, I don't think it's a, a sensational performance from Alex. And, you know, he's he's finally, you know, found the the form that he needs to to be a good number two driver. I think when, when we go to the other tracks where Red Bull are mixing it in with the rest of the midfield, it could be that same way. But at the same time, I would like to see Alex at least get some momentum from this podium. Maybe he's figured something out in his head mentally because, you know, after the amount of interviews he'd have after the race and he'd just be so dejected, so down. Um, but, you know, I'd like to stay positive with Alex, but I don't see Red Bull hanging on to him for too long unless he really does take it to Max. Ooh. I was going to say, I think uh, it's weird, isn't it? Because they're going to... I don't think it was ever an option they were going to replace him mid-season. No, that's know, not so, what I'm saying. But yeah. No, no, I know. But um, it is true, isn't it, that you can argue that people will say, well, now he's got a podium, he's proved to Red Bull that he should be there. But then you can prove, well, if Gasly won a race for Alpha Tauri, what more does Gasly have to yeah, do to yeah. get back in the Red Bull? So oh, it's such a difficult one. If anything, it probably gives them more trouble i don't know it's just a difficult situation i can only hope um like you were saying matt that this is just maybe the start of something new where he's got that kind of doubt in his mind off and it's like 
it's out his head now and he mm. knows that at least he's got that podium in the bag people can stop talking about it and he can just move forward and hopefully start getting better results i don't know i mean we have a racing driver here what like in terms of results like how much does that play on your mind that when you I get think, that result that you need i think mentally like you said it's a very good point it'll push him on to getting a more i would word it legitimate result which you can use in your defense when you're trying to regain a contract or push yourself to another team it's always a bit hard and weird when you have a crazy race like this and you get a podium out of it um because yes okay mentally you've got that off your back now now i would say he can propel that to get the results that will really deserve him to be there um which we all know he's i think capable of um relying on just that podium alone i don't think will do much um certainly for me doesn't have as much oomph shall we say in its cv as the gasly defending off science with drs and with a legitimate you know that for me wasn't a fluke oh you know he's just gains a pit stop and he's, he's gonna win he held on to a lot of pressure and was quick all the time to do that um not taking anything away from albert's weekend because he pushed you know he made it hard for himself like like the team came over the radio and said you know you you did that the hard way around mate so they like overtakers and and he's definitely one of them so hopefully it pushes him onto some more legitimate qualifying results as well as race results yeah he's got great racecraft. i think that's something that we can't really deny you know we've seen it spa last year and, and lots of times where he's made it difficult for himself but i guess if red bull were to dissect that race without that final red flag he's not getting a podium i don't mm. think because they're all you know it's an even field after that they're all on soft tires and the red bull was genuinely much quicker than, than the renault but whether he would have got that podium without stroll crashing but obviously you know lance did and ran out of talent and all that good stuff. But he's having a great season as well. I don't want to be horrible to Lance. But but yeah, it's... Um, and he had a failure, didn't he, anyway? It was so a, a, yeah, he had a puncture. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was about to come fully ran, to his defence. Ran out of talent. Uh, <laughs> ran out of tyre. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> he has um, had an amazing yeah. season. He has. Amazing. He really has. And maybe we'll just have a quick chat about him before we dive into to George Russell and then ABCDF1. Lance, yeah, he was fourth in the championship before before the, uh, the, the end of this race. And I think that a lot of people... The haters out there. I sounded like one about ten seconds ago. I, I promise I'm not. Um, <laughs> he, he's having a great season, and I think when we look at it and, and how he's he's performed, he is as good a pick as Sergio Perez. Although you know it's hard to compare this weekend in particular because he had the aerodynamic upgrades and Sergio didn't. But still, Lance has sorted out his qualifying and is now decent all round. He's a, yeah. I think he gets a lot of stick, and he's doing everything he needs to on the track 100% to kind of prove that i mean it's 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 a tricky one because you know is everyone again when i was talking about british people being for the underdog i mean people feel you know it's not like he's just been dropped into formula 1 it's like oh have a go at that you know he's not he's not come out of waiting tables as a young kid and his dad been like right you've you've learned the way now go and race in formula 1 here's some money He's genuinely, as well with the FIA points now to get into F1, he's got to F1, he's doing the job, and he's quicker than Sergio, who a lot of people rate as a very, very good driver, who, let's not forget, is bringing a lot of Mexican money as well. So there's there's a lot of money that's involved in Formula 1, but I think a lot of the time we get too caught up in that, and we forget the fact that he is doing better than Perez, and he's racing really really well if he just smiles a little bit more in interviews <laughs> people might start being on his side a little bit more yeah that's the only thing for me that i struggle i can't with is, I can, his interview interviews. after monza it's like it's, it's like he'd finished 15th and you know the car <laughs> was on its roof <laughs> 
Anything from you, Tommy? You sound like you're about to say something, and then no, I mean, yeah, stroll. You can't. People just you can't do this to me, Tommy. You can't look like you're about to say something. No, well, you can go. carry on if you want to carry on. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to butt in because you're the founder. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, stroll. You're right. He does seem to have this weird attitude. Maybe like the comments do get to him where people saying that he's only in it for his his dad and all this kind of stuff, and he maybe he's quite quite downbeat on himself but yeah he's been having an amazing year and I think we were tweeting about it Matt that if he'd have finished that race without his puncture which is another I think someone commented that second his second DNF where it's not his fault like a car failure um he'd have even more points yeah uh, might have even got another podium and he's you know he'd miles, Bottas. miles clear <laughs> yeah miles clear fourth he'd be miles clear fourth in the title and people are still saying like, oh, it's just his dad and stuff. We said on the last podcast, didn't we? Uh, and now obviously Vettel's been announced, which we haven't even actually spoken about because that feels like 10 years ago. That I oh mentioned. yeah, Vettel's going to Aston Martin. Uh, yeah. Are you sure yeah. that was from this weekend? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel Mad. like it, does it? Mad. But um, we said, didn't we, that with the Vettel rumours, Perez had to absolutely smash Stroll is the only way you'd say he probably was allowed to keep his seat. Yeah. And it would have really embarrassed them to announce it if Sergio Perez was like 100 points clear in the title of Stroll. And he hasn't. And Stroll's ahead. I know Perez missed two races, but even on the balance of things, I think Stroll would still be ahead. So Yeah, and, and the, gaps actually... are, the gaps are way bigger in, in, in other teams between A and B drivers than there are in Racing Point, where it's actually probably one of the closest. Yeah. And if not, Stroll's quicker, which is mad. I would never thought I would say that when he signed Formula 1, that Stroll <laughs> is quicker than Perez. But he is at the moment. It... I'm actually quite concerned as well with the the, ve- the the severe lack of momentum that Sebastian Vettel has going into next year. If if he's even going to beat Lance Stroll, that that's that's oh my the God, big yes. concern. Can you? Because I mean, Lance is as we've just mentioned having a stellar season. He's going to go into next year. Not much is changing. Seb's going to be getting used to a completely new car. It's not. If I was if I say. was in his if I was gone. Sorry, go. I got excited then. Go on, Go on. No, no, I was just going to say, it's not far-fetched to say that Lance Stroll will beat Sebastian Vettel next year. Yeah. Go on, soundbite Sorry, that. I was nowhere near as exciting <laughs> as I thought it was going to be. You're right, I should have interrupted you sooner. <laughs> you, I can't... That is such a good point, because if I was in Stroll's shoes now, I'd be nothing but excited for him to join the team, because that is even more oomph. I mean, if he beats Vettel, even in 50% of the races, even if it's 50-50, if he does that next year, I mean, it feel bad for Seb, because, you know, he's dead and buried effectively at that point but mm. but stroll will be fully in formula one then with and i think no haters can say anything at that point i don't Absolutely. um i don't uh believe this for a second but i'm just going to throw it in there for some spiciness uh lawrence stroll hires a four-time world champion that's really just not on his a-game at all to make his son look incredible and uh there you go there's the tactic then he can say, well, Lance beat a four-time world champion in the same but car. But you don't believe it? You're I just don't saying believe stuff it. that no. other people are saying? Or is this just a hypothetical thing hypothetical no Fake news okay. is what it is. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I think Vettel, um, I said it before, that in 2014, when he just kind of gave up on that year when he was getting tranced by Ricardo, he came back with a new kind of... He was like reborn again at Ferrari and he had an amazing first year at Ferrari. Mm. I can only hope that we do see that because it is a shame to watch him trundling around in 12th fighting Kimi Raikkonen. It's not 
not what you want to be seeing the best wasn't riders. even fighting Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi no. Raikkonen was beating him. <laughs> he was staying ahead of George Russell and Williams, which uh, was it you? Uh, who? I can't remember if it was you, Matt, that tweeted something like, imagine waking up from a, yeah, a year-long coma and yeah, George yeah. Russell is fighting for position with Sebastian Vettel after yeah. that car that Ferrari had last well. year. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. Speaking Great segue of... as well, Tommy, because we're about to talk about George Russell very quickly. Archie LFC says, does Russell need to score points before Mercedes consider him for 2022? No. no. Uh, it, Russell's already performed in that cut. And, and he said it in interviews before. It's not necessarily if he lucks into a ninth or a tenth. You know, F1 teams don't look at the results. They look at the, the big picture of exactly what George is doing in that Williams and the performance that he's getting out of it. And the fact that he has beaten his teammate in every single qualifying se- uh, session, including <laughs> literally making a sandcastle this weekend, uh, just gone. It's, it's ridiculous. I, I was watching that and obviously we were doing the, the, uh, the watch long, weren't we, Tommy? And yeah. we were like, oh, well, that's over then, isn't it? You know, Russell's lost his streak. That's they, it. They cut Come away on. from him. Yeah. They literally went off board. They cut away from him to watch Grosjean in 20th. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, mad. But oh, no, I don't incredible. think so. I feel sorry. I feel sorry for him because what is kind of that meme, isn't it, where you're angry and got the happy face on, um, that he's watching Alex, has to kind of congratulate Alex getting a podium, his, mate, his mates, you know, Alex and Lando getting podiums in Formula One now, and he's still yet to score a point when you can argue that when those three were in the junior series that George Russell was the the best of the lot. And it's difficult because we probably, we, we do we do this with everything now. It jinxed him when we were talking about in the last race that if it keeps happening where he can get a point and something goes wrong, there'll start to be doubt. But he is in the worst car on the grid mm. and he's still... He's still up there. I feel, I feel so sorry for him because, I mean, it's a, the tiniest little mistake. If there was no red flag, he'd have been ninth easily because the others mm. were two laps down. It, it's The only, the only caveat I would say to that, um, as a driver in that position, who's a Mercedes junior driver to the, to the best team on the grid, um, who's doing way better than his teammate, doing an amazing job, you know, very good with the fans, blah, blah, blah. The only caveat to that I'd say is the pressure's almost off a little bit for him because he knows he's in the worst car. He's constantly beating his teammate. He's got all the support behind him. And there's almost no other reference other than as long as he beats his teammate towards he's won the race. So that means that he can keep doing that until there's an opening in Mercedes and jump straight into there without having that pressure. And to be honest, like like you said earlier, Matty, is it doesn't matter really if he ends the season with a point or not. You know, if there's a huge pileup again at the next race and only nine cars finish and he finishes ninth, it's still better if 20 finish and he finishes 11th. That's still a way better race than him just looking into a point. So I know he wants to finish on the podium and it's hard for him to congratulate his team, his, his, his old teammates and friends. But at least he's there with a 100% record thinking, you know, I know I've got a bit more of a future in F1 than some of those guys who are actually getting podiums. Yeah, it's an interesting point you say about no pressure and, and going less to you, pressure. Tommy, about... Less yeah, pressure. yeah, less pressure. <laughs> but, uh, and Tommy, you saying that, um, you know, that... he you feel sorry for him. I actually don't feel sorry for him because he has had this opportunity where less pressure and he's able to bed himself into Formula One. He gets a feel for wheel-to-wheel action. There's not really that that Alex Alban kind of eyes on him. You have to get a podium. You have to beat Max Verstappen. He's had a couple of years to really get used to Formula One, get used to the tyres. Three-year testing uh, programme. And how it works. Sorry? Three-year testing programme before entering yeah, into... Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, so he's... 
he's going to be in in a, in a great spot when he does finally get snapped up by Mercedes, or you know, if he doesn't, then I don't, I'm not sure what he's going to do. But I, I think he's in a great spot moving forward in his career. Here's a question then: Do you think it's a risk for Mercedes to hire someone to put them in the best car that has literally never scored a point, regardless of the fact that obviously that car is dreadful? Because we were saying in the last podcast, weren't we, that say someone like Gasly is now proved, like like you were mentioning earlier, Ollie, that he's proved that he can win a Formula One race under immense pressure. Mm. And to play devil's advocate, can you argue that George Russell has maybe like had a couple of moments where he could get a point and he's maybe messed up a little bit? And is it a massive risk for Mercedes to put someone in their car that's literally never scored a point it's quite a yes. bold thing to do i think right? so yeah i think i think you're, you're right there he yes it is and that's why kind of red bull are quite lucky that their b team are closer to the higher end of the pack um than that separation between mercedes and williams are um the only thing that they can do there is it's not the same as racing but just keep getting him in that Mercedes car on the same day that Lewis and Bottas are there under testing situations and see how he is there. So they'll know more than we do for sure. I think most people know more than I do, but um, <laughs> he'll know, they'll know enough as to whether he can do it. But yeah, the pressure's just, it, that will be the risk, won't it? Absolutely. Uh, right, let's get into it. Tommy, play the jingle. Now it's time for Great. So, ABCDEF1 time. Ollie, you are new to the WTF1 podcast, but have you seen ABCDEF1 before? Do you need me to explain it to you? Explain it to me in full, because I'll still get it wrong. <laughs> it's very simple. We rate uh, the drivers' weekends, obviously mainly Saturday, Sunday, in terms of their performance. Uh, more bearing, obviously, towards the race, and it's either A, B, C, D, E, or F in terms of the rating. Very simple. Um, a star, sorry, is a perfect weekend, um, like Gasly, for example, last weekend. Um, so we give them a rating. Um, so probably just for sake of not talking over each other, I'll start, then Tommy, and then then you, Ollie, uh, and then we can come together as a uni- unified grade, which is where the real trouble starts. <laughs> so so uh, right, let's start with Lewis Hamilton. Oh, oh, I, I, oh, a. Yeah, I'd say a. He's not. He wasn't a faultless weekend like he's had in a lot no. of things. He was. It, I think it's mainly. All you can go on really is the fact that the start, he he messed up the start, and if it maybe wouldn't have been red flagged, you could argue that maybe he might not have won the race. But yeah, a for fair, me. I, I, Ollie, copy paste, copy paste <laughs> for the next Lovely. ten races. <laughs> <laughs> True, uh, right? So Bottas, oh, I mean Bottas had a very good weekend, so I want to give him an A as well, personally. You can't no. give him an A if no. he go if he loses Absolutely six seconds. Not. An A minus. No, I think <laughs> okay. I think a B, maybe even a C. No, <gasps> you cannot give him a C. His I'm pace sorry. was good. I'll I'll allow a B. Why was like okay, yeah, his was, pace was, was good, too, too but much. he a was too much. I apologize. He <laughs> he was on the radio saying, "Oh, I'd love a safety car. Got a safety car. Oh, I'd love to uh, pit for hards. Got yeah, got pit hard. He had. I know he made the the good start, and he will be gutted that that happened and there was a red flag and he got back ahead but there were so many moments in that race where Bottas could have got ahead again and had the chance to do it and he didn't so mm. I don't think you can give him okay not an A fair enough okay I, I, I retract that but I think it's do editing do editing C, Just B. B. I, said B. <laughs> I think it's a B minus C plus situation Ooh, no no B I think dead B 
Okay. A, de- a dead bee. Straight down the line. <laughs> Straight bee. down the line. He had great pace. Bottas was on on it this weekend. In he just Mercedes, didn't manage yeah, to... And it's difficult to follow around this track. We could see it. It's all single file. You love it. No overtaking. Monaco vibes. But, you know, Bottas was there or thereabouts. But, okay, let's go with okay. a B. Um, Leclerc. Oh. He had obviously had an amazing start. Got up to third. I was screaming. And, you know, he started on the soft tyres. Then that fell away. And then he just kind of got swallowed by the pack. Then the Ferrari strategy was pretty dead. You know, putting him on hards and then just having it's him around the back. Away. It's I a think, shame, isn't it, that he fell away? Yeah, because he was up there. B, I think it's not. It's not an A performance, but B, he was, he was decent enough. Is it enough. not? He qualified P five in a Ferrari. <laughs> That's a weird sentence. Uh, well, yeah. seen as they were <laughs> so actually, I well, I'd originally written B, but I've written C for Bottas and Leclerc. Did probably better than Bottas for me. So and very much better. He's literally so, in a tractor. Yeah. Ollie? A minus, I think. I think that was super impressive in that car. Okay, we'll go A. We're we're into the A's then. Perfect. Lovely. I win. I mean, we win. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Vettel, D. C or D? I don't really know. Yeah, D. What do you mean you don't know? Is that because you're afraid of me me and Ollie shooting you down? (laughs) C or D? A, A, B, C or D? Uh, E, F, one. Um, Yeah. Uh, was he? I'm trying to think. Was he that bad? Yes, he had no pace. He went out all. in Q1, didn't he? Or Q2? No, Q2. Q2. Mm. Yeah, 13th, um, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, it's so hard to. Um, yeah, I mean, he didn't. He didn't do anything to challenge uh, anyone. He was driving. He, I think, at the end, he it was quite a funny radio message where he was just like, "Well, I tried everything I could, but I'm just not, <laughs> not there." So, D, just another D weekend, but he's nowhere near Charles. Uh, yeah. Say? I don't know. It's D2. You're saying E? Oh, I think it's a D2. No. Is D2 harsh? I don't know. I don't think it is. I guess he's a four time world champion, isn't he? And he's not delivering. So. What's your thoughts, Ollie? Yeah, I think D. If there was no, if there was no teammate qualifying in fifth and, and all that happening against him, then then we, it'd be almost hard to say because you, yeah. you know, it, it's another Williams car effectively to try and compare <laughs> against, which is weird to say. But yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, for, especially for that last third of the race, it's definitely a D. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That. There you go. Right. Verstappen. I mean, we can't grade oh, him, so, so we're just going to give him B. Uh, what do we give? Oh, Don't we just A plus for the reaction to the lights, though. You know, no. with, oh, with a car that yeah. didn't have much power, he was already alongside the Mercedes <laughs> yeah. that has a lot of power. It was like Fred Flintstone. He was literally just like yeah. slipping, trying to run past, wasn't he, in that car? I mean, oh. we. Uh, I think it was uh, no, because we still gave Science a grade when he messed up, and you could argue that Verstappen, like you say. You, you have to judge him on the fact that he probably would have finished third, maybe qualified, like because his pace was really good. So I reckon it's a B or an A. I didn't even think about his start. That somehow, if he'd had a, if he had a power unit, he'd have been second. Yeah, mm. and maybe so, Verstappened it round the outside. Uh, he would have probably gone for it, wouldn't he? I yeah. think. Should we give him an A then? Because yeah, because I mean, Hamilton fault, got. Yeah. yeah, Hamilton got pretty close, and that was yeah. I think oh, that's so annoying. Yeah, let's just give Verstappen an A because we know he would have put in an A performance. Alex Albon. All right, he's, I think, an A because I oh, thought, I, personally, I thought he'd bottled his chance and I was going to give him a kind of downgrade him for that, that he made life difficult. But 
he did finish where he should have, and you can't really ask for more than that. I know, I know, he didn't have the greatest race and dropped down, but ultimately he got the result. So, yeah, um, it's 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 near B territory for me, just purely yeah. because he loves to make life hard, and yeah, that yeah. Red Bull is deny. so much better than the other midfield cars around there. Casting yeah. vote, Ollie. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They'll be. I mean, his recovery is is a hundred percent an A, but you've you've to to be, to get an A recovery, you have to have had like a C or a D situation to get to it. So it's B. It's a B. <laughs> it's a, w- w- one of us will agree with you eventually, Tommy. But yeah. we're going to have Ollie back definitely every single time we Can't have ABC. <laughs> Just the last bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We bring in Ollie for ABC F <laughs> One. I don't even care if he hadn't seen the race. You can just say my grade. Um, Carlos Sainz. Uh, I mean, C. again, very difficult to, to grade. Uh, he had an amazing start. Are we giving him a C? I'm going to go McLaren with Tommy said. The, uh, McLaren <laughs> went on the pace, were they? So it was a difficult track for McLaren. They went, they were really struggled. Um, he was out in Q2, wasn't he, Signs? Yeah, he? I yeah. believe so. Uh, All right, let's oh, give no, sorry, C. he just scraped through. I think I can't remember. Yeah, he but scraped C. through. And oh yeah, Lando didn't... was out. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah Lando was eleventh. Um, and Carlos had a great start, so I don't know how we can give him a C, Tommy. I think he was up to like P7 before he... But then he had a little tap, then spun. I mean, did, that was did, crazy how light yeah, that touch okay, was. Yeah, okay, B's fine spun. then. We'll go B. Come on, let's get on with it. We're <laughs> <laughs> all B then. Okay, yeah. we'll go with a B. Uh, Lando Norris had quite a quiet race, but somehow finished P6, wasn't it, in the end? Yeah. I don't know I if that's a, a solid lit- B performance. Yeah, he didn't he didn't set the world alight, but he just got the most. I guess that that's the result they could have they would yeah. have hoped to even get six. I don't think in that car because they just didn't mm. see him on the pace. So yeah, didn't do anything wrong. B, B, okay, B, perfect. Wow, we're flying through this. Danny Rick, uh, easy A. A, yeah A, yeah, what lovely a drive, driver uh, of the day. If he'd definitely. have got P three, that would have been A star. I think. Yeah, uh, Ocon D. Well. Wow, just straight in. Oof. Don't even care. Just <gasps> yeah, bam. He's oh, he needs to pick up his game. I know he had the problem, but he wasn't there. In he made he made a mistake, didn't he, in qualifying? Uh, he did. He spun mm-hmm. on his last lap. So yeah, it has he to be a D from what we can grade uh, him on. I think uh, that's that's too harsh. From that race, probably D, D. But as a, I think he's super quick and I think he's just making a lot of mistakes. I mean, there's so many times when you look, you compare their laps and actually he's quicker in some bits, slower in the others and actually over the weekend, not too bad, but the actual race pace and then under pressure and then the mistakes and all those kind of bits add up to yeah. definitely not being the full package. Okay, I'm, di- I'm yeah. divulging. Yeah, for that, for that race, <laughs> D, but I, but I love I love Ocon. So. D, but you're doing better, Ocon. A, if he's listening. Like, a, if he's listening. <laughs> D, if he's microphone. Or if he's listening, looking. of course he's <laughs> of course listening. He is. Uh, Pierre, Pierre, Pierre Gasly uh, again. He, he wow, hundred percent. He caused the collision. He, kind of. He was out in Q one. Remember? Yeah, F, it was. Come on, it relax. Was worst weekend you could ever have. E. It was awful. Yeah. It was. It was. I bad. loved the guy. And it was and super was surprising after Monza, a win. but yeah, because everyone was like, "Oh, now he's got a win. His confidence will be sky high." Out in Q1. Yeah, I mean, come on, let's not let's not be horrible. It's not an F performance. What was the gap between Kvyat and 
Gasly in qualifying because it was quite a chunk, I think, for yeah, that track, was, which everyone was else was hundreds. So I think Tommy was about to tell us, or at least he was to, looking. To... No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It was a chunk. We'll, we'll just go with chunk, chunk. as the number. Specific yeah. chunks. <laughs> okay. I want to uh, give him an E. I don't e. want to give him an F. E. F's like horrendous. Okay. Yeah. Happy? Oh, we'll it doesn't save, matter if you're happy we'll with that. We'll go with it. Kavia, he got points, didn't he? He got not points? Uh, he was Did seventh. He? Great, seventh. great result. Wow. Okay, so that's got to be a B, a B, or maybe even an A. Mm, I'd say A. Did we see much of him? We didn't, no. but he just had a solid race. Oh, let's give him an A then, and a good yeah. quality. Yeah, let's be nice to him. Okay, uh, Sergio Perez. Oh, quiet race, slower than Stroll. Blamed it on aerodynamic upgrades. B. B. Yeah, a. solid. Okay, lovely. Let's get through this. We are flying through now. Lance Stroll. I mean, he crashed, but that was a failure, and he was doing very well up until that point. I want to give him an A. A. Oh, I got the wrong order. Sorry, I've got to wait. It's no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, Tommy, it doesn't matter about your opinion. Yeah, exactly. We've got two A's. <laughs> I'm outnumbered. I was going to say B, but yeah, A's. It's good. Wow, savage. Perez yeah. gets a B, and you were going to give Lance Stroll a B as well. Shocking. I, yeah. <laughs> you just give it up now I love yeah. it uh, Kimi Raikkonen he beat both the Ferraris on track got a five second penalty still beat Vettel oh my even with his five second penalty That Kimi's having a, a de- I don't know if he's having a great time or if the Ferraris are just having a shocking time I think it's a bit of both to be honest but he's having an Kimi awesome, awesome deserves a, probably a B because he got that penalty for the late call plus a. radio message equals A A, a 100% okay an A. I mean, yeah, the, the, radio mes- the radio message pushed it up to an A for me. The radio message. He finished ninth. <laughs> finished ninth. I don't know how his car survived that that race, but f- yeah, finished ninth. All right, finishing ahead of Ferrari again is is mad. You're mm. right. I I was kind of ready for Raikkonen. I think maybe it was even like three races ago we were giving him like an F or something, saying it's a shame that his career is going to peter out. And now I'm thinking. Maybe he shouldn't even retire because he's been really solid. Yeah, definitely, and uh, yeah, very much got that the, the sort of stranglehold over Giovinazzi again. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, so, all right, we'll give uh, Raikkonen an A then. Giovinazzi, D. I mean, yeah, his race was over at the uh, at, uh, at that part. Where did he um, qualify? Well, okay, Kimi qualified thirteenth. Giovinazzi qualified seventeenth. D or E. D or wow. Wow. Are you straight with the D or E? D then. D, yeah. Yeah. D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Magnuson. F. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're loving the Fs today. We hardly ever give Fs out. And you're just like, F. F. He he was qualified last, and that was just not not on for me. (laughs) E. Shut up. E, okay. Oh. Connolly cast. Casting vote because Tommy re- definitely wants his, an F. His his reactions weren't as quick as Grosjean on that restart, were they? So probably an F. <laughs> okay, we're giving him an F. Uh, Grosjean B. But he had an all right race, didn't he? Considering he's a you know genuine yeah. general wheelie B bin. or C, <laughs> a wheelie bin uh, that also managed to survive two horrendous accidents. Yeah, so let's give him a B. Yeah, his, his great, team radio wants drive. me to give him a C. Yeah, his team radio. Is just, this is my opportunity to make sure everyone knows I didn't crash this time. I'm going to scream <laughs> yeah. really loud. This is the worst thing I've ever seen, which is really not that bad. Oh, it's so true. Uh, George Russell. Oh, it's got to be a C. Oh, are you joking? Harsh. Bottled it. 
No, oh. absolutely not. Did you say that for reaction value? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. It's a B. I don't want to give him an A. It's not an A. It's not an A. No, no, it's not an he A. It would have been an A if he caught wheels. Vettel and overtook him. Yeah, yeah. He made, he, he even made a But then a lot mistake. of it was just bad luck. <clears throat> but then I, I didn't actually see his on board from the, the restart. Was it just bad driving from him? Or have we have either of us seen that? Yeah, he, he got wheel spin at the start and then he also made a little mistake didn't he behind Vettel but I don't think he would have passed him anyway because it's just difficult to overtake so yeah I, mean, uh, I think got Vettel B's A but fair. B, it definitely could have been an A and Latifi well he was having a, a decent little race wasn't he until uh, Carnage well, Carnage mm-hmm. um, yeah I think a C B I mean, he was he was ahead of Russell wasn't he when it happened or was he behind I can't give him a I can't give him a B because of the fact that he still got beaten in qualifying by Russell when, like okay. I say, Russell All right. f- went in the... Ollie, B or C? Mm. B. 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 <laughs> well, no, no, because... No, no, I think... Okay, C for the race, but I think I think the, the, the qualifying... <laughs> the qualifying issue with Russell was is that that was a huge moment and the gravel makes it super exaggerated, but it's flat out, okay, and what only one tyre kind of went in, digged in or whatever. And then the next corner was a right-hander, so it wasn't on that dirty tyre. Now, I'm not saying what he did wasn't anything bar miraculous, which it was. He wouldn't have lost anywhere near a time as much as it looked like he did. Okay. Dramatically. How much time do you reckon? What, a couple of tenths? At least five seconds. Um, Five seconds? (laughs) We've been on pole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think he... Yeah, a couple of tenths, maybe that's it. Yeah. If Latifi gets a B, though... Surely we have to upgrade Russell to an A. But Latifi was in the Ooh, mix until actually that, that's that a big good point. Crash. I don't, like Latifi's like B minus. Russell's in B plus territory, but we don't have my, my, uh, minuses and pluses in this in this show. So. Oh, do we not? Okay, all right. Well, look, we'll give him a C then. Look, all right. Negative Nelly. Let's give <laughs> Latifi a C and Russell a B Just for the people Lewis, that make Lewis the little... A F for everyone else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tommy wrote, uh, woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Poor old Latifi. Right, okay, let's let's dive into our Magello GP predictions. Of course, sorry Ollie, you didn't have any, but we can go to your Russian Grand Prix predictions very shortly. My two were but boring Mercedes 1-2, which nope. half a point. Shut up. Half, half <laughs> a point. Mercedes 1-2. No, you're not. Half a it. point. Half a point. You didn't jinx okay, him. Bore it. Okay, you fine. Yeah, I went for the jinx. I went for the jinx. Boring Mercedes 1-2. But it was a Mercedes 1-2. I'm being ripped off. Fine. It was boring. Uh, okay, well, I'm getting half a point later, so it's fine. Uh, I'm looking at your two, and I'm not sure how you're getting that. But anyway, uh, half a point for Boring Mercedes 1-2. 100%. Yeah, million million. Okay. And Sunny, Sunny throughout whole weekend. Yes, it was, which is, again, very sad. Yes, um, uh, cool. Leclerc top five finish then, half a point, because he did it in qualifying. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> wrestling Q2, which uh, he would have done if uh, he had not been in the gravel. So another half so point. So you're saying, <laughs> <laughs> <Jog> on. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. And the two fans were Midwest F1 fan, back to the usual podium crew, which it was not. Mm-hmm. And Chile Vegas, three different cars in the top three. Also no. So uh, unfortunately, fans, you were wrong. Russian Grand Prix predictions. Let's start with your two, Ollie. Can you remember them? Can I remember them? Did I, why, have we already spoken about this? <laughs> Can't remember them at all then. Yeah, oh, I'm so li- you've got... No, no, no. I, I will remember them. I'll okay. remember them via the power of my phone, which is... Okay, so Tommy, you go then. <laughs> you too first, okay. Uh, 
there will be an incident into the stupid turn two slash three on the opening lap because that corner yeah, is just which checked. is kind of turn one everyone thinks it is yeah, but it's not yeah, really, yeah. Is it? um and science podium i've just gone bold why not wow real big bold uh, i've gone for bottas wins not bold at all and album not in the top five because i think album will be off the pace again and the, the hype will be finished now who's the Ollie, negative do you have your Nelly? i remember them now and I remember them by reading exactly <laughs> which remember to read one thing um no red flags which is a pretty much of a cop out because I'm, I'm we'll give gonna... you a point now perfect perfect yeah. sweet yeah. actually uh, no I'm commentating so there probably will be a red flag ooh. or some sort of hour or two to uh, have to fill and then I've gone for a bold one as well Russell in the points any any reasoning behind that or just belief just pure sheer belief nice <laughs> I love it Absolutely love it. And the two fans ones are Moe Jungo says, based on the fast few uh, Grand Prix, the past few Grand Prix, no retirements during the race. No retirements. I don't think I take back what I said just before. (laughs) (laughs) And you, Ryan, says both Ferraris in Q3. I don't think that's going to happen either. Have you seen the straight down towards turn two and three? Anyway, that is it. We're done. Finally, this has been a very long podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Ollie. We did tell you it would only be ten minutes. No, it's great fun. You're, you're here seventy <laughs> minutes later. But um, can we review Monza th- again? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, final thoughts, I guess. Um, obviously, we mentioned Le Mans at the top of the show, uh, Ollie. Um, what are you expecting uh, going into the race? Uh, are you hoping for a good result? I'm hoping for 24 hours of racing. First of all, that good. That, that is my first. Um, and lots of rain, which is not going to happen, unfortunately. But if it rained the whole time, then um, for 99.9% of you who don't watch FIAWC, we are very quick in the rain. So we want it to rain a lot. And will, You know, I just need to tweet that it will be uh, that it'll be sunny and then it will be torrential please, downpours of rain. Please so, uh, do that. Uh, I'll do that for you. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but that is it. Thank you, everybody, for, for watching the WTF1 podcast. Thank you to Ollie for coming along. Ollie Webb, if you want to go search him on social medias, he's very good at social media, it has to be said. you know, Every time I go away, I just try and do a cooler story than, than you, <laughs> but it just doesn't happen. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll leave all the links uh, to, to Ollie's social profiles in, in the description. Tommy, any final thoughts from you before we go? Uh, when you're mentioning yeah F F for everyone <laughs> F for everyone Ollie yeah. any final thoughts from you no I just took away Tom's final thoughts I didn't actually say oh, it was going to be I thought that F. was his final thought sorry Tommy I was just gonna, no it's fine I was, well long uh, a very long podcast for a very long race that felt like ages so there you go Perfect. Mugello is still wasting people's time. Amazing. And, <laughs> and Ollie that's amazing um, yeah hopefully not a repeat of Mugello uh, in the next one yeah hopefully another Monza oh yes please that would be amazing uh, if anyone didn't know I will be actually commentating on F1 TV and F2 for, for Russia so stay tuned for whatever I come out with this time because last time was that Dan Tictum had a front left that was the same as a 50p pence let's see what <laughs> rubbish <laughs> phrases I come out with next time thank you everybody for watching obviously give us five stars thumbs up great comments whatever you want to do hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to give us any suggestions feedback whatever and that is it. See you all. I actually need to wave twice. Where's Ollie going to be? So I'm waving to you, Tommy. That's your oh, box yeah. over there. Where's Ollie going to be? Below me? Uh, below is, you. Is he down there? Yeah. So I need to okay. wave like bye, bye. there. Bye, Ollie. Bye, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie's waving everywhere, so he's covered off every angle. Yeah. That's it. Thanks a lot, guys. See you later. Bye.